Welcome to On Texas Football. It's game day. And myself, Bobby Burton, alongside Paul Wadlington, sporting the, the sweater, uh, the burnt orange sweater, Longhorns. Uh, Paul, we're going to do a little uh, Saturday conversation. Uh, as we head into football season, we figured we'd uh, kind of switch it, things up and talk about college football games and some things that we're going to watch as a part of it. So it's not just stray games. It's things that we think might impact, impact Texas long term. Uh, that we're going to be watching, uh, as well as talk a, a little bit about the day's game with the Longhorns. Of course, that starts uh, at 2.30 today with the Rice Owls, Paul. Uh, Texas uh, looking uh, at 35.5 point favorites. Let's just start with that. Um, yeah. You know, your thoughts on uh, Texas as a whole, Rice as a whole, and whether or not you think Texas should, you know, theoretically beat this over or, or beat the, beat the, uh, the spread. Uh, I, I kind of hope they don't beat the over unless it's they score 66. That means Rice put up some points. But, yeah, I, I think – I mean, look, it depends on Sark's aggression level. It depends on do we, do we give up a charity touchdown at the end. I mean, these are the things that can affect a, a spread that huge. But you know what? I, I've been known to place a wager here or there, Bobby, and I'm attacking that spread. I think Texas is going to cover it. The last two times these te uh, teams have played – Texas has beaten Rice by 35 and by 58 points, respectively. Now, this isn't those Texas teams. That's This isn't those Rice teams. We don't play football in a time machine. But I think Texas is going to be fired up. I think they're looking to make a statement. And one thing I do look for, Bobby, when covering a large spread is when you put the second teamers in, is there a massive drop-off? Or do you just have a bunch of young dudes who are pretty talented, looking and eager to to make their mark. And I think with Texas, it's going to be the latter. So we'll see what happens, fingers crossed. But I think Texas does uh, attack the spread uh, and, and, and eventually defeat it. Paul, the the season is is upon us. Um, this, the Going into it, your overall strengths and weaknesses of Texas and what you're interested to see today. Oh my gosh! I feel like we've covered this ad nauseum, but we we really have. We really have. I I know that, but at the same time, it's game day, and we're you know six hours out here. What what are your thoughts? Well, the quick snippets. I think Texas has elite wide receivers. I think they have elite defensive backs in total. Uh, maybe only one guy is a true first round NFL type guy, but I think they got a bunch of second, third, fourth, and fifth round draft picks on that defensive backfield. And some of them are on the two deep, by the way, eventually. Uh, and, I, and then I think they have an elite interior defensive line. The defensive tackle rotation is phenomenal. I, I'm hard-pressed, Bobby, to find a team with better depth at defensive tackle than the University of Texas in all of college football. Uh, the question marks, one of the edge positions. We're going to learn some things about Ethan Burke today. We're going to learn some things about possibly Jare Bledsoe a young guy who may get some snaps out there or might get snaps inside late. We don't know. Are we going to see some Alfred Collins out at edge if Rice goes jumbo? They do like to sometimes bring tight ends out on the field and try to run a little power football, which is a funny thing to think of with Rice trying to do that to Texas. But that is the Bloomgren offense. Uh, and then I think you're going to also see Anthony Hill. The young freshman is going to debut after a really exciting spring and summer. Uh, and I think we know what we're getting in – Players like Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, uh, Ryan Watts, etc. Let Let me say this: I got you, you were talking about that de defensive backfield. Um, you and I had talked about this. Brian Irwin and I had talked about it. 
I mentioned it on Thursday on the the uh, coffee and football show. I, I did a deep dive in in Texas and uh, the number of players the Longhorns have in the NFL. Here's here's going to be a stat that is kind of scary. Texas has 30 players, 30 guys that finished their careers with Texas on the 53-man uh, rosters of NFL's teams. Seven of them are safeties. Almost a full quarter of every player in the NFL from Texas is a safety. Two corners. So nine defensive backs in total out of the 30. Texas wow. may not be DBU, but it, darn may be safety U. And Jalen Catalan is a guy that you know, you and I both know, we're looking to have a big year so long as he's healthy. I Of those things that, that you by chance didn't mention, he's the one thing that I want to see happen on Saturday that, Paul, you and I, we need difference makers mm -hmm. and game changers. He's the guy on off on defense that I think adds to this mix that we just can't – Anthony Hill does too, to a degree, and even Ethan Burke. But Catalan adds something to the mix that's hard to quantify maybe. Does that, does that make sense to you? It, it does 100%. Not only is the guy a playmaker, which he has proven when healthy, and the caveat is when healthy, right? Right, yep. He's an extremely vocal, very communicative leader. And you know, my understanding is he stepped on campus – and not in a in a an overly bold way, but he just basically said, "Hey, man, this is how I play football. I talk, I communicate. If you're not lined up where you need to be, I'm going to talk to you. Uh, we're going to pass off receivers. I'm going to yell. I'm going to yell out formations. Uh, I this is how I play football. I'm taking control. And you know what? No one resented it because it's natural to him. He's not trying to you know be the guy or dominant or anything like that. I just think that's how he is, and people respect that. I think he's I think he's a leader and a playmaker and both things are very valuable all right um you think the strength of the team is defense or offense heading into the year well, that's a great question we don't know yet uh we, we we're tempted to answer offense because it's flashier and our our head coach is, is offensive minded uh there may be higher end talent on the offense there may be more aggregate talent on the defense if that makes sense no, that's a great way to put it, Paul. I because I, I and I agree completely because the way I look at it, more experience on defense, even though the offense returns ten starters and yep. adds AD Mitchell. I I still think there's more depth of experience and guys that have gotten reps and all those things uh, on defense. But I think the young guys on offense and then the skill on offense at receiver is kind of out of whack with the rest of the the group, right? So I, I, I think it's going to be led by the defense early. I think the offense comes on later in the year. Uh, what, what's your final score prediction here for Rice? Oh, gosh, I think I've said 52-7. Uh, I think it could get worse than that. I mean, it really could. And so, hey, I, hey Paul, the worst thing that could happen is you and I are talking next Saturday, and it was 24-17. Yeah. You know, and we just didn't see this coming, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you now, I'm on record. I would not have seen that coming. Right. Well, even a 38-17, I don't think we saw we would see coming. Right? I mean, that's kind of – I know it sounds it, weird, but it – The way that I know of, I don't see it coming, Bobby, is as you said it, I just went, how? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, that, that would be uh, uh, that'd be out of left field, man. That's a sucker punch walking down the middle of the street. Right, exactly. That's, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I don't want to see, you know, as the same times I'm thinking of what I do want to see. And are, are there any individual matchups that you think could be interesting on either side of the ball? Well, I think run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think any anything that gets David Benda as a focal point of the Texas defense could be an issue potentially for Texas in the run game early uh, mm-hmm. as he tries to find his fits. Um, it's not so much that David Bend is not good against the run. It's that he, he overruns the hole too often. And so if Rice makes you choose, makes David Bend to choose, I, I think that sometimes is a 50-50 proposition outside. Yeah, that'll uh, be how, do they, how do they accomplish that? I don't think they're going to be able to surprise them with speed, for instance. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden be able to throw over the top of Texas. Um, I do. The, the one of the things that gives me very a lot of confidence in this team against teams like Rice and probably Wyoming as well is I think the defense is going to be competent no matter what. The, the offense can come and go a little bit with execution, but defense tends to be played to a standard, right, almost every week. That, that's how I see this defense this year. Yeah, and it's the old coaching adage of defense travels, right? And defense, yep. obviously, this is a home game, but the, the idea is that defense represents consistency and performance, right? Uh, the focal point of the Rice passing offense is Luke McCaffrey. And he's 6'2, about 200 pounds. He's, he's pretty quick. He's quicker than he is fast. He's pretty elusive. Of course, he's a member of that McCaffrey family's, you know, son of Ed, brother of Christian. Uh, played his football up not far from me, up at Valor Christian outside of Denver. However, he lines up more often than not in the slot. And that means the focal point of their passing offense is going to be guarded by Jade Barron. That's not good for the Rice Owls. Uh, he, Luke McCaffrey is not going to play a guy better than that the entire season. And, and by the way, if he does run some good little gotcha routes or you know some little slants and little quick screens and things like that to maybe take advantage of, of Barron's aggression. We've got safeties over the top. We've got other guys. It's not like he's just going to destroy us. Right. Uh, I, I just don't under I don't see where JT Daniels is going to be able to go with the ball other than maybe a couple of scripted little interesting plays that we'll get a hold of pretty quickly. And then I, I just don't see how they advance the ball very easily uh, on, on the defense. And then, you know, on the other side, the Texas offense, you know, this will be interesting. You know, the, there's the old cliche, establish the run, or let's get Ewers going early. I just think you just run the offense, like just run the offense, run the Texas offense. And, and don't reveal everything, like keep the kimono closed a little bit, but let's just run the offense. Let's not worry about taking the air out of the ball for Alabama or any of that nonsense. Let's get our guys comfortable and confident and let's let them run up and down the field. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to let Quinn throw the ball early. I, I yeah. really believe that. Um, uh, all right, Paul, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about some other games that I think impact Texas and what we're thinking there. First, though, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Gabe Winslow over at Mortgages by Gabe. We talked about getting blindsided if we're, talk, we're doing this next week or we're debriefing actually next week in the middle of the week and it's, you know, Texas 31, Rice 28. Uh, I will be really blindsided if you call this guy and you don't get phenomenal service because everyone that has done so absolutely raves about Gabe Winslow. 
Find out why. Call him. 832-557-1095. Take out your iPhone. Take out your Android. If you're driving, have your significant other or your kid do it in the backseat if you're driving <laughs> in the game. And enter in 832-557-1095. Whether you're looking for a home now or looking to refi or whether you're looking, you're not going to be looking in the future, like maybe next year or later in the year. This is the guy who should be doing your mortgage. He's a Longhorn diehard, 20 years in the industry. He's just great at what he does. And we thank him very much for sponsoring this show. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday conversation brought to you by uh, Gabe at mortgagesbygabe.com. All right, let's take it. Um, Bama go. Bama host Middle Tennessee State. Obviously, what I'm looking for there are, is the quarterback. Anything else you're thinking about in that one? Quarterbacks, plural. Because okay, I think yes. Nick is going to have a little tomfoolery for us and probably suggest that he's going to play three of these guys, right? Uh, what else am I looking for? Look, I, I think Bama, quietly, while their wide receiver talent has diminished – while some of their flash at quarterback, I mean, how could they not have diminished after the past few guys they've had? That's what, what's quietly gotten stronger, and it's not quite as sexy, Bobby, is they're better and more physical on the offensive line. They are better and more physical on the defensive line. Remember the name Jahima Otis? The name J.C. Latham, the big tackle? These are big, physical, game-changing players and uh, I'm going to be very curious to see what they look like. I will say one thing. Alabama is going to be young in their secondary. So I want to see how basic they are. I want to see if Saban's still trying to get in basic concepts with these guys. Uh, they're not going to get burned by Middle Tennessee. <laughs> I don't think we expect to see 30 on the board from Middle Tennessee. But uh, I, I'm kind of curious to look at some of that stuff. Are they just sitting in cover three all game? Are they just playing cover two? What, what are they comfortable? What can they handle? I think they're going to try to get after the quarterback. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm looking for when I, when I watch that Bama game, and I will tape it. I'm, I'm generally looking for not, not just that defensive and offensive front because I think they're going to demolish Middle Tennessee State in that regard. I'm looking more for are there any new faces at Alabama that change the game, mm. like that, that are better than maybe you and I thought – heading into the season so that we could actually like is Caleb Downs, the safety a, a true freshman that's going to start for Alabama. Is he the real deal? Like everybody's talking about, or is he 75% there or 80% there and going to be a hundred by the end of the year. Right. And so to your point, that young defensive back group, you know, you, if you catch them early, it's better maybe than catching those guys late. Yeah, another name I'll add to watch for, Justice Haynes, the true freshman from Georgia, a five-star running back who left the home state dogs to go play for Bama. Every time his name is brought up in a press conference, Nick Saban breaks out into a big smile. Nick Saban's not a real smiley guy, so that tells me something. Yeah, he he is a guy that moves piles, even though he's, a, he's kind of almost like a compact running back that's just – it's almost like a Darren Sproles, but a little bit taller, actually. All right, let's go to let's go to some others. Uh, in the in Big 12 play, Texas is Texas goes, and it it's looking to me like there's UH U of H hosts UTSA. West Virginia plays Penn State, and then Texas Tech plays Wyoming. I think yes, that sir. one is the one I want to start with because the Red Raiders are going to Laramie to play their, them. 
Wyoming only favored, or excuse me, Tech only favored by 14. Does that sound right to you, given Texas Tech's season a year ago? Here's why. I live at 6,000 feet, Bobby. Laramie, Wyoming is at 7,200 feet. It's the highest football stadium in America. If you're not acclimated to it, you do feel it. And Wyoming actually fields a defense. They have a decent defense. They've got a very defensive-minded coach in Craig Bowl. And the idea, I think, from the Sharps and the Vegas betters, and the reason this line has stayed at 14 for three months since this line was released, is I think that they think Wyoming will play very hard, and they're at altitude, they've got a defense, and they can find a way to keep it close. I'm still inclined to think that Texas Tech's going to pull away on this, but it's a game that I would not bet on. I'm just not confident. So we'll see. The Cougars are breaking out the baby blue uniforms for UTSA. Um, Love you Jeff too. Trailer, Jeff Trailer could be the next Houston head coach, by the way, um, if he wins this game against Dana Holgerson, right? Um, what are your thoughts about uh, UTSA versus U of H? I think Jeff has higher ambitions in state, Bobby. I do too. I do too. We'll, we'll shelve that for another day in discussion. Uh, tell you what, there's a coach coaching for his job in Dana Holgerson, whereas Jeff Trailer's coming in as a freaking god in the city of San, uh, San Antonio. Uh, Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The love you blue uniforms, great, nice gesture. Uh, I'm sure people in Houston will love it. In response, UTSA is going to play with a churro insignia on their helmet. <laughs> in celebration of that elite snack that we all know and love uh, in San Antonio. No, actually, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. I, I, Dr. Frank Harris, in his 14th year of eligibility, is going to be leading UTSA. Uh, Jeff Trailer and his teams never quit, and they love to scrap. And uh, Houston has really good receivers, and that's kind of where the Roadrunners aren't very strong. They don't have great corner play. So I think this is going to be an exciting game. It may start a little rocky or slow. I think it's going to finish with fireworks. I think it's going to be a very close nip-and-tuck game. Here's the thing that should worry Houston fans. UTSA is favored, Bobby. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road as a G5 school at, at, a, at a Big 12 home opener. That can't feel too good if you're Dana Holgerson. I think this game has his attention. I think he understands that this is as much a must-win as it is playing Texas later in the year. And uh, I think Houston's going to bring it for him. Uh, I expect a really good game, actually. Good, good. Well, I'm interested to see because Texas does play Houston later in the year. Uh, now, Texas doesn't have West Virginia on the schedule this year, uh, but the Mountaineers could be looking for a coach at the end of this year, too. But furthermore, Penn State, who they play, they have national aspirations this year. Um, frankly, James, James Franklin hasn't gotten them into the college football playoff because he's been kind of blocked by either Michigan or Ohio State or both at times. Uh, are you looking at the Penn State as a possible national championship contender, uh, playoff contender? What are you thinking there? They seem to have everything lined up 
to be really good, except we're not sure about quarterback. We just don't know what they have in Drew Alar. And that guy was a five-star quarterback, a big deal, elite 11 dude, you know, U.S. Army game, all that stuff. They've been bringing him along slowly. And Penn State fans, you think Texas fans love the backup quarterback. Penn State fans boo Sean Clifford, their four-year starter, and beg for Drew Alar to come in the game. Every time he'd come in and they just go and burst into applause. Uh, and so now they finally get him. But we're going to see if he's the real deal. And you know what? Even if he's not the real deal, Bobby, Penn State's still going to be good because they have elite running backs. Nick Singleton being my favorite of the two. They've got two guys. Uh, they've got a good offensive line. They have a good defensive line. They've kind of developed a really nice defensive back room. And secretly, Penn State's got a bunch of freaks. They're a very athletic football team. The notion of them as some plotting Big Ten team is is absolutely incorrect. So I'm curious to see this game. Neil Brown, to your point, this poor guy's fighting for his job. He's got to open his season in front of 110,000 fans three hours up the road with pretty significant stakes. I think West Virginia, we're going to see a West Virginia that's going to try to run a little play action with Green, the new mobile quarterback. They're going to hand the ball off to C.J. Donaldson, the 240-pound running back. And they're going to hope to kill clock and play just enough defense to keep this thing close. Well, Ultimately, I don't think they're going to do it. James Franklin, I'm, I, this is interesting. James Franklin is not exactly known to open things up. He plays, oh, close, to, yeah, he plays close to the vest. And hey, so, I will say if this he problem. does with this quarterback, if he does with this quarterback, that might be a sign of just how much he might think of this guy. Drew a little tidbit for you. Uh, Last year, for the first time, I think, since Franklin's been at Penn State, really, they beat eight opponents by 19 or more points. Penn State, prior to that, to Bobby's excellent point, they tended to play Purdue to the vest. They t- they'd play freaking Rutgers and beat them 14-13. And you're just wondering why this guy's laying down the offensive play sheet, you know, a quarter and a half into the game. Uh, I think he's starting to have a little come to Jesus on that. Hey, funny fact on that, Bobby. Manny Diaz, the Penn State defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, Mike Yursich, both former Texas Longhorns. Pretty funny in how small this world is, right? All right. I I think the marquee game of the weekend uh, comes on Sunday night. Florida State LSU. Last year, it was a whale of a game. It it signaled a wake-up call to the Florida State fan base. In, in my opinion, uh, a long dormant fan base, by the way, long suffering. You think Texas has had it bad. Florida State and Tennessee both last year said, OK, we're, we're going to try to write right the ship here. Florida, those are the two that had the 20 year droughts. It felt like to me, 15. You know what I mean? I guess I guess Florida State won a national championship with Jamius Winston. But it's been 10 years, right? Where is that game on your radar because a lot of people think Brian Kelly's playing for a national championship. Well, a lot of people think Mike Norvell at Florida State might have his best team with Jordan Travis, the quarterback, coming back. And Jared Verse, defensive end, maybe a first-round pick. What, what are your thoughts on, on that game? Because I, I'm interested to see the outcome of that one. Yes, it doesn't happen until Sunday. But it could be, a, it could be the one that has the most talent collection together on both sides of the field. Of any game this week. 
I absolutely agree. It's going to be a talent fiesta. And I think what's most interesting is there's a lot of interesting non-conference games this year. There's two that capture the imagination of every college football fan. Florida State LSU, Texas at Alabama. And, and number three ain't even in the picture, right? So I, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. It's going to be played on, in Orlando. Last year they played in New Orleans. So it's this like semi-neutral but not quite neutral setting. I don't know why they did that. I don't know what fool would make those home and homes to, to just bring in the bucks from your fans. But uh, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. There's one thing, a couple of little late developments that I think might swing my thinking on this. I was kind of pretty hard LSU on this one. Then I heard about the stupid suspension of LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith. The NCAA is going to have him sit out this game. And then earlier than that, but I still think as significant, Keon Coleman, the very good wide receiver from Michigan State, portal late to LSU. Uh, sorry, to FSU. So Florida State is going to start Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Those are two NFL receivers, probably second round, first round guys. And I think uh, Jordan Travis showed a lot of improvement last year. The weakness of LSU, believe it or not, Bobby, defensive back, specifically cornerback. And, and you, you'd think you would never say it, but there's a reason they brought in Denver Harris. There's a reason they bring in a guy with a lot of baggage. They're trying desperately to find solutions at corner. And I think Florida State may be well disposed to take advantage of that if they can get Jordan Travis a little bit of time in the pocket from Harold Perkins. All right. Uh, speaking with Paul Wallington of Inside Texas, uh, columnist, opinion leader, uh, I will call him uh, <laughs> at uh, Inside Texas. Paul, let's circle back to Texas. Uh, one last and final thought here before the season gets underway. Guys, make sure you watch our watch with us with Aaron Hogan. Uh, he starts at about 10 minutes before kickoff. Today, if you're staying at home for the game, uh, visit us with Watch With Us. And then Rod Babers, myself, and Andrew Kelson, uh, the former Longhorn National Champion linebacker, will be on the post-game show. Uh, Paul, circling back to Texas and Rice, I'm going to ask you two questions. I, open up your crystal ball. Tell me the offensive and defensive players of the game for the Longhorns uh, on Saturday. I, I just got to say, you, Drew, and Rod – that is phenomenal, man. You like that? All you're missing is nasty Nathan Vasher and Quentin Jammer, and I'm gonna—I'd be stoked. All right, <laughs> sorry, I had to make that comment. I, I love Kelson and I love Rod Babers, so that's amazing. Uh, and I love you, Bobby. Oh I yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm the rose between two thorns. You—you're <laughs> the thorn between two roses. Yes, Let's exactly. <laughs> uh, I, offensive and defensive MVP in a, in a blowout type game, which I anticipate, it's kind of hard to pick the offensive MVP because I think some dudes are going to put up stats. I'll go Xavier Worthy. Sometimes the, the obvious answer is the obvious answer. I'll go Xavier Worthy. He might only catch four balls and get put on ice, but uh, one of them might be for 60 yards on a slant. I also like on defense, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Mr. Anthony Hill. Interesting. Making a shocking debut in front of everyone. And I'm, I'm going to laugh, obviously, if he gets 12 snaps. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I hey. don't think that's happening. I think no, he's going to get not. quite a Let's few. Let's throw that out there because I think chase ball, sea ball, I think that will go real well against Rice. 
All right. What do you I'm think? Gonna go, I'm going to go with, with – yeah, no, this is good. I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers okay. and, and Baron Sorrell. Those are – like Yeah. I think Baron's going to be the guy that can play – he's going to be on the field. He'll be the defensive end that's on the field the most, if that makes sense. And I expect Rice to be in some third and longs. Well, and Jay Daniels, little tidbit, negative 295 yards rushing for his career. Bit of a statue. Pigeons might land on him during the game, Bobby. Yeah, and that's that's the point, right, is if Texas – the big, one of the keys will be making sure Texas doesn't end up defending third and three. They, they defend third and seven, third and ten against Rice. It's going to be a long, long afternoon in 100-degree heat in Austin, Texas. So that, that's that's what I'm looking for, and that's why I went with Sorrell. Uh, Quinn Ewers, I think he's going to open up and have a, a really good first half. I think you're going to see him throw the ball around quite a bit. All right, Paul Wadlington, I appreciate you so much, man. This Saturday conversations are always fun. Uh, we'll see you later this week. Uh, Paul, you and I will get back together, do some predictions, get your make sure everybody checks out his articles on Inside Texas following the game. It's one of the best breakdowns you'll ever see. All right, for Paul, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the Saturday Conversation. Go get them, Longhorns. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>